Hello and welcome to Die For It, MSI 2023, episode three. Had to hesitate episode for a second. Three. Three. That three. Energy. Yeah. Like that? Three. Double. Pick it up a little bit there. Okay, you like it. Pick it. How are you guys? It's both? Die For This you. is it's not. EUI. This is not fair. We're we're like it's double best of five day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we're like 12, hour, 12 hours deep on this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. After uh six straight show days. Yeah. And our team's kicking ass. Yeah. It's going adrenaline. I don't know if <laughs> everyone noticed, but this was a sick tournament for for us as Western representatives. Yeah. I'm blown away that At least we, we can commiserate. You know? We can. We are all on the yeah. same page. I, We're down the I swear to God, if G2 beats BLG and they leave us behind yep. and we lose Gen G, I'm going to be so sad. We won't have anyone down here with us. You got to stay down here yeah. with Actually, us. Actually, the, the... We run it down one here, more time. Here's the timeline. Are you with me here? Yeah. All right. Is C9 gets one game off Gen G. Okay. And G2 get one game off BLG. And then we handhold our records because already one game has been gotten off BLG by Golden Guardians and plans. Yeah. So we'll we both get one game off okay. Gen G and one game off BLG. Right, and we're just equally shit. We're Wait, both just first? equally terrible. Okay, they play first. So they have to hold up their end of the <laughs> yeah, bargain. Yeah. And then if we do well, we can break it. <laughs> we break that shit. <laughs> All right, good luck, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Go deal. We're actually going to stop Gen G. Yeah, that's what they've been waiting on this whole time is for us to iron out the deal before they uh, just showed you up. Should, and, you should. Yeah. <laughs> no, ta- no take back. We've got a secret weapon to take down Chovy. We just we may or may not pull it out. Yeah, yeah. it just depends if we win or not. If you didn't watch the tournament for whatever reason, I don't know why this is a <laughs> podcast you'd watch, but you're here. Uh, and if you don't understand That's why strange. our analysis is so world breaking and so strong, it's because it's not a lot to talk about other than the fact that we kind of just got murdered. Combined two fourteen record. If we include plans, if we don't, it's one twelve, which is pretty. Oh, bad. we do. <laughs> oh, that counts. Yeah. <laughs> Licorice solo kills. Okay, let's talk. Yeah, let's do some positive Posit- stories here. Let's positive. do some glow ups. Okay, yeah, the glow ups are there. Even in a lot of these games that they're losing, he's making some really good plays. Like they, it's not even like mm-hmm. all these solo kills; mm-hmm, those get mm-hmm, all the limelight. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. he's had a lot of good team play too. Yep. Setups, denials on yep. objective setups, uh, escaping a lot of ganks. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of dives, denial. Yep. You, you guys vibing? Yeah. You, you yeah, said I'm a lot of words, but I'm still thinking about the solo kills. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but then also at the end of the day, kills. he literally solo killed ben, everyone. Three six nine. Fudge. Fudge. He got a solo kill on Fudge. Too. I, did he? I think he had some solo kills in planes as well. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So I mean, he 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 has been a monster. I mean, yeah. he's taken a lot of else, and he's out of the tournament, but he and, played really really well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was here for it. I wasn't anticipating that much from Licorice domestically. Like I talked about it before in one of the other episodes or when we've talked about it. But I was excited for like Gory River kind of because I saw a lot of Cassante mid for you guys domestically. Didn't get to see as much from them on the international stage. Yeah. Uh, a lot of shaky performances. But Licorice was the big standout for me for Golden Guardians. Like I think he's the Ooh, guy he that. Well, I would say. Yeah. Who he and Licorice felt like the guys who ultimately decided a, a lot of those games, um, especially yeah. today. And the series, like the only reason there was any hope of a game five is just licorice versus the world on that poppy just divine sundering his way through cloud nine's hopes and dreams very very briefly but for that brief period of time (laughs) all their hopes and dreams were dashed even like uh against against jdg i mean gg put themselves in good positions right they were never able to close uh jdg kind of did similar things to to blg today to be honest where it's just like all right yeah great you have a lead but we have ruler though and we're gonna out team fight you yeah um you know, and to me in, in that series, I was most disappointed again by like River Corey, which I didn't expect to be. I felt like they were kind of disjointed from the rest of the team. And I'm not sure if that was like a comms thing. If, mm-hmm. you know, if they're if they're 
communicating in Korean and the, and the rest of the team is, is doing more English or something. Um, but especially the game where they were playing Viola Sandra against LeBlanc, it just felt like every time they looked for an engage, they were like two screens away from Stix A. He's having to use his rocket jump to even catch up. You know, the team wasn't yeah. really on the same page. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy with Golden Guardians. It's, it feels funny to say, but like, I felt that even in a lot of their losses, they were competitive. They didn't just roll over and die. They didn't play slow. They did well, at least for my expectations, in plans. So, like, I'm happy with the tournament that they have turned in. Yeah, it's always kind of awkward when we're sending off one of these teams because it's just after they had another bunch of losses. Yep. But you remember back to how much they impressed so many people uh, up against these titans that they've been playing. And those are the things that that you want to remember, you know, and hold on to and the improvements that they did made, uh, did make. Huhi, I think, especially because everyone agree is in agreement on Licorice. Yeah. Yeah. But Huhi had some really ones. The one where he flash for the snap repel stun into the crash down for the turn as they're getting chased to make that big play. Like he he had a lot of really big engages for them. So uh I think, yeah, by far, this is the best year already for yeah. the, i'm going to include the whole year that golden guardians have ever had yeah, as definitely. an organization so i think they should be really proud and they gained a lot of fans in the process and i think the big question for golden guardians is just going to be like can you keep that up that momentum going into yeah. into regional play again because the schedule is quite frankly brutal like we, get we, right we back have to it. we have about a week until lcs starts when we, when we get back right so it's like this team has been grinding for msi they're grinding for playoffs um and you know are they going to be burned out right some of the times the teams will come back from international and they're just tired they don't want to practice they don't want to yeah. grind so i think that's going to be the big question for me with golden guardians um on the eu side i mean we'll obviously talk, talk a lot more about g2 and c9 because they're going to have matches coming up but like on the EU side how are you feeling about mad obviously it's a disappointing tournament it's it's zero six you're in there with tsm um, and it's a string of disappointing performances but like yeah, I think it's really tragic for Mad that they weren't able to to show more because ultimately, while their game one against T1 was really fantastic, I think that people will just mostly remember the 06 scoreline because the, yeah. that game one and even to a certain degree moments in the game two, some of those early games in general were really strong. But like because they have such a track record of failing and disappointing EU fans, it's just like you're so ready to jump on that train again, I think, for most EU fans. And like they proved everybody wrong by like climbing up through the playoffs bracket to get there by proving they were clearly the number one seed and they were but ultimately not being able to convert that to something more meaningful even if there's a lot of other teams that are struggling similarly to make an impact like even if g2 had been 3-0 it wouldn't have been like oh well g2 was also getting stomped you know i think like yeah. mad lions just always kind of have the odds stacked against them there i think in the same way you're chatting a licorice just like shout out to el yoya like obviously a huge force in the jungle it's it's a shame that the team wasn't able to rally against g2 and show more i think that while like G2 clean sweeping is probably great for G2's mental heading ahead. And like ultimately at this point, the only thing I care about as an EU rep is them doing as good as possible. Mm -hmm. It's pretty tragic that they're not able to get a single win on a board. It's that they can't even show really the same things that they showed domestically that made them good that ultimately let them win. So I think it's like it's a huge disappointment, but there were some shining moments and it's tragic that this is now just going to be yet another like black mark on the resume for them instead of what could have been like a, a much better gold tournament. Star. The, gold star. The thing that cracks me up the most as far as like not being able to repeat what they did in LEC and in the regular season yeah. is, you know, I'm prepping for these games. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, why the hell is Licorice, did he, or why the hell did uh, Niski continue to get Gragas? Yeah. Like, 
where oh, he's so got a he has a catchphrase on the champion <laughs> that all his streamers are like bomba bo like yeah, that's yeah. Nisky Gragas. He's eleven and one. Uh -huh. uh, like how, how does it get to that point? And then well, like T1's like, ah. Kobe, to be honest, we're, we're kind of just hoping people didn't notice or that Bomba <laughs> didn't really translate between yeah, languages. Like, but it seems like you know, League is a universal are, language. And there are they very noticed. few catchphrases for player champion combos. <laughs> I was like, look. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. It was rough. And I think that's like, oh, gosh. I, yeah. I, when we go back to LEC, I'm going to have to compose my thoughts on the region overall right now, but I don't think they're going to err on the side of positive because yeah. our second best team is BDS and they also played like one strategy really, really well and it kind of counted against them in our finals. But overall region strength, I'm just, I'm a little concerned moving forward to see how we rally heading into to future international competitions. Yeah. I mean, the, the part I feel worst about for Matt is just that they, like you said, they didn't even get a win against G2. Yeah. Because I think that then it's like, there's obviously a lot of mad haters and like, I get it, right? You know, if you're a hardcore LAC fan, you want your teams to go well, uh, you know, internationally to represent you well and to like yeah. show that the region is strong, right? And so Matt has not been able to do that historically, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it's like they earned their spot here and that yep. they were the best, uh, you know, team regionally. Yep. But I do think people will be like, see, we knew it was a fluke when when they beat G two, right? Like it was just they basically just got lucky. You know, it was this garbage yeah, Gragas pick. It was like you know what I mean, and that that's the part that hurts because it's like they're two separate things, right? It yeah, is yeah. true that they have consistently disappointed internationally, but it's also true that they have earned their spots internationally and have been a strong regional team, right? And it's like I get frustrated with that even with NA. Like I saw, I was getting tweets of been like, oh, well, like FlyQuest would have done better and this sort of stuff, and I'm like. No, they wouldn't. They lost. Like, they don't deserve to be they here. Lost they lost to this team. Yeah. Shut up. They exactly. lost to this I team. I always hate that. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, if you're not going to, like, what? If you're not going to ban Gragas, what? You're going to come on the stage and they're going to play some great champion. You're also not going to, like, I mean, come on. Like, if it's that, if it's really that simple and people really want to distill it down to that simple, it's like, why didn't, isn't, why does, why did that not happen in the yeah. LEC, bro? Yeah. Why did that, if it's, oh, come on, if we're all just talking about it, you know? So it's just like, yeah, I think it's it's a kind of a cheap shot at this point. It does suck for Matt. It double sucks because after they finally did make it and they made it through this all those trials and tribulations to get here, they made that wonderful like, uh, oh, we're sorry, sorry video, <laughs> and then they go up. Wait, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Do you ever see the South Park episode with like the BP meme where it's just the guy being we're like, sorry. we're sorry? Oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. just it's just the same thing. They just they just parodied that. It's just <laughs> Mac okay. just Good saying, like, oh, we're so sorry, we won the LAC. <laughs> we're so yeah, sorry. Oh, like, did we beat your favorite oh, team? Yeah. We're sorry. That's really good. Yes, exactly. Oh. And you want to be the you want to reward them because it's like such a perfect, perfect yeah. piece to celebrate an accomplishment. So because oh it actually God. is like we're sorry. Oh, oh my God. yeah, we're sorry. We went zero six as the number yeah. one seed. You know, <laughs> like sorry. we're sorry. We bumped out of our third straight international. It's well. funny too because usually you know if that happens, like on the Cloud Nine side, when I saw their first series, I was like, oh man. Cloud9 is used to having like play-ins buff, which I do consider as a long buff. as as long as you get through play-ins, it is a buff. <laughs> then if you're trying to apply if you're trying to apply that to <laughs> Mad Lions, <laughs> then you're like, oh no, Shut I just up. memed on them. The worst Oops. the worst part is the only reason you have to add that caveat is because of the Mad Lions. <laughs> yeah. You never you you just used yeah. to be able to call it the play-ins buff without having yeah. to add that caveat. It was it was one of those like you know, brain off, you know, you can just throw that analysis, yeah. you know, copy and paste or whatever. You can't copy and paste it over because it's, it's, I can tell how, how much my brain is right now because you said that I'm like, 
but we've always made it through. Like, <laughs> like, what are you t- like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, <laughs> and geez. then I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Read the room. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, guys. Love it. <laughs> How are you feeling about your matchup versus Gen G, by the way? Do oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, uh, you want to jump forward or you want to go? Oh, more? I was just memeing you. Okay. We can we can go. I mean, I just don't want to talk too much more about the Mad yeah. Lions because sadly, it's just the way their tournament run ended. I think there's not a lot to hold on. And I think it's kind of like, I think credit to El Yoya, there were a lot of standout moments from the team, but ultimately, like many Western teams, I think early game leads just didn't matter against yeah. just about any Eastern team. Like, yeah. couldn't close a game. Uh, and I think the further we went in this tournament, the more you could see cracks start to show in the Mad Lions game plan and ultimately coming to what was a super, super one-sided series versus G2. Credit to G2, some wacky picks, some fantastic performances from Broken Blade. Um, and we'll talk more about G2 as we go forward. But I, I will think, say... Yeah, there are, are actually a lot of times in league where you want a 50 50 like flip a baron. Yes. Usually, you know, you're the ones behind mm-hmm. and you're trying to get back uh-huh. in the game. Is this a tangent? Is this because <laughs> don't make this just about mad because this, no. this, this is okay. No, okay good. I was like, all like, of us. This, this is, is a, a we. This is a we. This is a we. <laughs> Let's sure pretend like, pretend like what? And when you're 4v5 and your mid laner is bot lane. It's not one of those times. <laughs> Wait, Patrick, you're a producer. Which cameras are wide? What can we all look at this camera? Let's all look at this. Hello, West. There's a lot of cameras. This is an intervention. Welcome. <laughs> All Western teams. When you have a lead, stop flipping the Baron. If you have to play Poppy so you can kick the jungler out, shout out Licorice, yeah. great. But fuck, stop. What are you doing? Well, you know. So in a lot of these cases, too, there were tools that you can try and use to at least make it really difficult literally for the jungler. Literally any case under just about <laughs> any team composition in the game League of Legends, yes. Yeah. yeah. So there's. There's a lot of things to look at in keeping <laughs> keeping <laughs> enemy junglers <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah. They just didn't they didn't expect teams to to just jump in. All right, like let's that. let's move on to forward. <laughs> let's look forward. Look yeah. forward. Future so we can forget facing the pain we'll be of the past back as we look forward. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we can, we can jump to obviously the, the kind of lower bracket matchups for the West now. Um, you know, we both have our, our one remaining team, C9 and G2. Yep. Both made it through their their kind of lower bracket rumbles, the regional Man. rivalries. Um, and you guys get your shot at LPL. We get our shot at LCK. Yep. Um, I've got to say, I'm a little bit jealous of your side of it. Yeah, I would is, be too. This is full cope, but I did I did really feel like C9 looked straight up very nervous in their in their first series against uh, BLG. I felt like, you know, when you talk about play-ins buff, that's what I think about because, um, you know, at the end of the day, even when C9 is playing atrocious in LCS, they're all doing the same thing together. And that was not the team that I watched play against BLG. And that was what I found frustrating about that series. Not even that they lost, not even that they got 3-0. I was just like, they're not even on the same page, right? They're not even going for the same place. Half are backing off, half are going in, split comms. And that's just not something I I really, you know, see with Cloud9. Clearly the team has problems and they might've just lost anyway. But that was a big frustration for me because that series felt winnable for sure. I know speaking to the players, they thought it was very winnable. Blabber even tweeted out, I really thought we were going to win after. So, you know, that was a really disappointing one because that felt like, hey, this is probably our best shot because I think they are the weakest of the Eastern teams and Cloud9, you know, dropped the ball, right? And they yeah. they got smacked by them. They got 3-0. Yeah, I was talking to um, telling people in the caster room that immediately after this looks so much like because they had so much hope and they had all these scrims to go off there like they... This is the first time in a long time you're so hyped up that you have a really legitimate chance to take down, you know, one of one of these big opponents and make a really big splash in a best of five. And they got so hyped and so excited that they could do it. 
that so many of the plays are just rushed, you yeah. know, and and they're and they're desynced, and so yeah. you know you're popping Nocturne Ultimate, Talia Wall is still down there, but we're like over invested. Ah, oh, we gotta go, you know, and so yeah. and there's so many chases where like, well, we've made this call to make the pick, and then there's some little outplay. Elk, oh my god, this man made so many little yeah, outplays yeah, yeah, yeah. that then Cloud Nine after he outplayed them they were overextended and you find yourself in the scenario where you're like looking back at your teammates over there you're like oh what do we do now yeah. and yeah. and they got punished and so it was so frustrating yeah because they did have that legitimate hope and they had been having so much you know it was success. it was hard because the early game a lot of the early game moments were still really clean and that's what led them and a lot of their drafting was still felt like really solid to get them these leads and yeah. what was so disappointing is that you see a composition especially game one which is i think the one we'll keep pointing back to you've got a silas you've got a nocturne you've got a kennan you've got a con you have so many tools to start a fight and yet even with cloud nine getting an early game lead we didn't see i think in that game a single like good everybody pushing Ken their nocturne. buttons together yeah. kennan nocturne recon on a flank and like yeah there's a talia on the enemy team but Still. there were windows you know what i mean and it felt like um the big thing was a lot of maybe over commitments or once they started to play they weren't willing to let go of it even if skill shots went awry and there was also a lot of just moments where they just weren't on the same page uh and sadly after that game one it felt like it it's remained pretty shaky because even in game three i remember licorice on the lease in well uh, not licorice sorry excuse me blabber on the lease in had some great moments but then he also has the moments where he like jumps in onto the harry the elk who just bought a stopwatch on yeah. the base and they oh, completely overcome i was like i was waiting for it and i was like all right what's he gonna pull because blabber like had a, a giant game of really good plays no, and really then that sick. one yeah, i was yeah. like damn it you know the one that was the biggest wonder because when i saw that i was like Bro. And again, I not can't... only does he have stopwatch, he has both summer spells. El Elk is not dying yeah, I here. Can't... And, I was and like, like oh. to his credit, um, he, you know, they pretty much made that play the second Elk appeared on their screen again. He had yeah. just gone back after pushing top wave. He had just purchased that stopwatch. So, but that's all it takes, you know, those single moments where you overestimate, you know, finally it felt like, oh, they're all going in. They're full committing to a play. They've landed the necessary abilities. At that, at that and then there's was, a stopwatch. Yeah. At that point, it was so late, too. It was like, yeah. oh, man, they had already made so many mistakes. I mean, those teams will just kill you if you if you make mistakes I mean, it's the like same, that, right? It's it was the same, same thing, thing in game one, yeah, where they, like, full committed on the Elk with a stopwatch and, and couldn't kill him. too. I mean, when we're, when we're on the Baron, there's so many tools that they... Like, MNS had flash. He could have flash taunted to keep the keep the jungler out. We could have Kindred ulted and turned on the jungler to kill him. Yep. There was It was a 5v4, and Elk had no sums, and we had Galio and Recon ult. Could have just engaged on the on Elk. Like, there was all these things. And to me, it's like both teams, you know, both, both regions really did fall prey to it, right? We'll talk more about G2 as, yeah. as we get into theirs, but, you know, it was definitely... Uh, a big a big difficulty for c9 against blg and yeah yeah and i mean looking at blg from that series of the perspective of a possible or the future opponent of g2 is like elk plays so aggressively when he had the lucian it just it looks so different he's constantly dashing up in your face as cloud nine ultimates are constantly chunking out your backline carries yep. he's playing so aggressively it, it almost seems disrespectful how much damage he is allowed to get out two v one on this on his champion. Both of your and, and you're like, two. wow, like, it's so gross. Lucianami got a bad rap in both our regions. Oh, 100 for for a lot of failures because of the lack of ability to pull off plays yeah. like this, yeah. and that is really a really hard line to toe. And yeah. and not completely fumble it. Yep. But he did he did so aggressively, and you're like, well. Yeah, all of those bands that they drew on Lucian were deserved, and mm -hmm. like, like this man is smooth. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's terrifying. And I think credit to the team as well, because ultimately, like, I don't think um, Yagao is, is necessarily the strongest mid laner. But in that game, especially as well, him just being ready at a moment's notice to throw out Cinder abilities to make sure that Elk had all that space to play with and starting to appreciate more and more. One of the big differences, I think, uh, between regions is like it seems like every single player on the best teams is aware of like what they need to do to make sure their AD carry can just play the yeah. game as easily as humanly possible and it's and it's something that blg showed a lot versus cloud nine where elk was playing lucian and it looks like a champion that has 200 more range than it should because every time his allies burn cooldowns off of c9 and he's, c9 he commit, dashes, he's in there he dashes forward on you to get chunks and there you get so many little things off these chunks you know he, he pushes you back your 50 percent health yeah boom they they you can't clear the vision now or boom they get to set up earlier for this thing now and he's putting himself he's expending his dash so like you think it's more vulnerable but he's doing it in these little windows where you're just not close enough yeah to be able to punish and th- him and i think he's just not precious about any cooldown that is not going to is like if as long as the cooldown will be back up when the fight happens he does not care like Even he just won't man like there's just times where he sees an angle and he's just like ulti flash gale force like he's just like Bro, he's he, actually every time every time this man is in mid lane in him. on <laughs> On a, a Lucian or he a Felios, is that guy. Yeah. He will he will literally gale force at you in an instant if you are alone in mid lane. No, it doesn't matter. A Felios, Jinx, Lucian. Mm-hmm. This man gale forces forward for the chip. It's yeah. It's All right. So cute. where are we going with this? Are we gonna Genji. do uh, okay? C9 Genji. So I mean, you know, Genji on the on the other side. Uh, we've talked a lot about Cloud Nine. Genji obviously coming off of a very mm-hmm. close. Should we talk about the G2 side of the BLG G2? <laughs> that was my question. Which way going. Oh. He made the call. <laughs> oh, I was thinking we would talk about, about C9 and Gen G, and then we would go to G2 BLG. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Um, you know, a, a, in that order. I mean, we, we can pivot if you want, but I think this makes sense. Um, Gen G, obviously, you know, won their, won their first series. Uh, they were looking really, really good. They played uh, G2, right? Yep. Um, G2 did take, did take a game off them. You know, was I think competitive as well in game four. I actually thought G2 was in a winning position game four. I know there's yeah. like some debate about that, but I actually really liked G2's draft and felt like, you know, they just really kind of bungled that one fight by the Baron and then that was that. Yeah. Um, but Gen G also looked really good, I think, overall against T1. Um, T1 really kind of like bungled game three to give them an opportunity to look good because it mm-hmm. was looking pretty one sided. And I think that game should have been closed out, but clearly a very frightening team. And all these teams, all these these Eastern teams do have a lot in common. And it's just like how well they play around their bot lane, right? Like we're going to be talking about Elk. We're going to be talking about Pades. We're going to be talking about Ruler. We're going to be like all of these teams are just so incredible about how they enable their ADs. And it feels like that is full on the meta, like full stop. The meta is just whatever team gets their AD ahead and plays around them better in 5v5 is going to win the series, right? And Genji does that very, very well, right? Yeah. Pays, I think, is is really rock solid for this team. He seems completely unfazed, you know, talking to to all the guys from LCK and Jisun was on the desk talking about him. And I was kind of asking, like, oh, like, do you think his calm, like how how his kind of really super calm demeanor, is that like bravado at all? Is that like someone trying to be like, you know, kind of act that way? And she said, no, like from talking to the teammates, like he's just like this all the time. He's just like completely unfazed by everything. Um and he just seems to be that that guy, right? Like he, who's just not really bothered by any of the circumstances. And I think that suits these kind of high pressure situations so incredibly well. It's actually very impressive to me, especially Elk as well as a guy who, while he does have you know career experience, hasn't really been to those high highs and just seems in this unfazed. tournament completely unfaced. Like continuing to execute at a high level, continuing to gale force forward like an absolute mad lad. And I think yeah. Pays as well. I mean, no notable difference. And I feel like that's something that we have seen 
that's like a, a regional thing that we see for everybody. You know, like there's so many players. Like you look at Knight, like as a guy who was able to punch down pretty effectively in previous years. And this year he's doing great. But like it took him a while to find the same level of performance uh, that he did in the LPL on an international stage. And we'll still have to see what that looks like for him as we go through the rest of the tournament. But the fact that you have two 80 carries coming in in the meta where you have to perform. This is the 80 carry meta, I think is is so cool for for players both like Pays and Elk. I think that's a fantastic thing. Yeah. And the thing I'm most worried about with Gen G is actually, even though this tournament is not about mid laners, I feel like Chovy is the best mid laner at the entire tournament. And and MNS has definitely had left a lot of a lot of windows. He's been shaky. So it's it's been really shaky. So you're listing off, you know, all these big threats. Doran has been incredibly stable on the top side. Get him as Gragas again. Um I don't know how we're gonna deal with mid lane more so in this matchup than any other. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be incredibly hard. And, and the reality is, for for like any of the Western teams upset an Eastern team, everyone has to be playing at their peak, right? Like everyone has to be playing, you know, to the very best of their ability. Um, Chovy is just a, an absolute monster in lane. Um, I, I do think that's gonna be really really difficult because it, it's funny because it's like. Mid, soul lane leads matter but like almost only in the way that they can transition to the rest of the map right so it's like but if you lose control of mid you lose control of bot side river you lose control of the jungle you lose control of all these things and it really starts to snowball like crazy and his team fighting because team yeah. fight team fights matter a tremendous Absolutely, amount yeah. and and the midlaners have had huge impacts in these getting picks with ari lissandra these types of picks yeah Jovi's been spamming those all year long, you know. It's it, even his Triss game against G two, where yeah. like, I felt like they've been outscaled. I felt like they should win. He took over that game in the in the in the final yeah. fights. That's Tristana. That's Tristana range was wild, and he played on the edge, you know, a lot of yeah. the times. And I think that's again like what you want to see from a champion like Tristana when you're fully maximizing the impact of that kit. I, I mean, it's really hard because I think we've we've kind of talked about. So I don't know how much on this podcast, but it doesn't feel like either of the remaining EU uh, or NA teams are playing really at their peak, everyone individually. Yes, there are some players who are really showing up in a big way. We can talk about Yike. We can talk about, you know, Blabber. any Blabber also playing fantastically. Um, and Berserkers had some good moments, although maybe not quite as standout as, as you'd want him to be as a C9 fan. But I feel really happy, actually, with Berserker and Blabber. Like, there have been a couple mistakes. Yeah. I, I feel really happy. I think this is a very strong international performance from Blabber, we talked about some of the things that have kind of followed, dogged his career since the crab incident and all, and all that stuff. Those two, I think, have definitely, yeah. definitely shown through. So, and that's, but like, like you're saying, it's just, it's going to need everyone because yeah. you can't, if you have a single weak point, especially because, again, we've proven that with a good draft, any any of our representatives can get a lead. Yeah. But that lead does not mean anything if it falls apart in a team fight. And so your communication has to be perfect. Your execution has to be perfect. And that's a huge amount of pressure, especially for C9 going into Gen G, who I think are, are clearly the best between Gen G and BLG. Obviously, you'd all you'd drop BLG 100 times. You know? Yeah, can we have a can we just have a redo, nope, no a retry nope. on, on uh, BLG? Because uh, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. uh, I'm like I'm really hurting my head trying to deal with the Chovy problem. I'm like trying to get past step one. I think uh, you have to hope that they just like make mistakes, right? Because they're definitely not a perfect team, yeah. and and that like every team here has also made mistakes and has thrown and has had those issues, right? Yeah. So it's like no one is perfect. As, you know, you were saying Doran solid. I actually think Doran's had a pretty crap tournament. Um, yeah. Personally, like compared to, to what he showed, 
you know, in, in the LCK. And there's a reason that literally everyone was predicting T1 to win the LCK. It was, it was largely because of Doran, Doran yeah. was supposed to get gapped by, by Zayas, right? Gragas. The, the Gragas <laughs> is, is big, but like even yeah. in his Gragas games at the event, I don't think he was as impactful. He's yeah. reaching more for carries and I don't think he has looked nearly as good on the carries, yeah. right? So like, I do think there are, are ways in which you can punish them. I don't know that we're going to be able to do it because, you know, like last time Fudge was at MSI, he was going crazy. This time, I don't think he's been like bad, but I don't think he's been a factor in really like almost either way, mm. right? Like when he, he when he went against Bin, he like did pretty well in lane. He kind of contained him and stuff, but like couldn't get any good cannonballs. So I just don't really feel like he is, has had. No, Licorice has been our best top laner here for, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, so I think so I think that's a question. I mean, for me, it's like Peanut can sometimes be a little bit flippy, can sometimes be a little bit, you know, mistake yeah. prone. Um, realistically i i feel like if we are going to win it's got to be largely off of like a really good blabber performance i think he has to be the one to help carry the early game and hope that the team can all be you know kind of firing all cylinders and perform really well in team fights because that's that's the tough thing is when you look at teams like this you don't you're not seeing a lot of individual matchups that you're like oh we're just gonna blow them out of the water here we're gonna blow them out yeah. of the water there i just don't think it really exists but none of these teams are unassailable golden yeah. guardians who who would have told you at the beginning of the year that Golden Guardians would be getting like a 5K lead against JDG, right? When you look at paper, it just doesn't compute. It doesn't doesn't make sense when you're looking yeah. at the name power. But that is clearly not the whole story. That is clearly not the whole game. It is all about how you coordinate as a 5v5 unit. And Cloud9 has been able to do that really well regionally. Uh, you know, can they piece it all together where they have that great early game and then they coordinate perfectly in a team fight? I'm not gonna bet on it, but like, I definitely think that is possible. No one is yeah. perfect, right? G2, everyone is dogging on G2 and saying LEC looks like trash, but G2 took a game off of Gen G and I think should have won game four if they just played a little bit better in one team fight, then who knows what happens, right? It's like all kinds of people are saying, well, Caps is no ca is, isn't Caps anymore. Like he's not looking that good. You know, G2 aren't having these performance. Broken Blade is supposed to be crap, like all these things, right? Yeah. But it's like, yeah, but you beat G2. They were playing against Chovy. You know, Caps is supposedly performing weaker than, th yeah. than anyone else on the team is what everyone's kind of telling me and that seems to be the prevailing opinion but they still beat Chovy and almost won a second yeah. game so like it's it's definitely possible the individual skill i really don't believe is that astronomically different between the eastern teams and the western teams that has not been the issue to me it's been all about coordination and 5v5 the way that these teams enable their ad's is night and day like jdg is is the complete perfect example of this but it's like when I was when we were casting that game today and you're yeah. watching how they enable ruler, it's like there are four forms of dive. All four forms are marked, right? The Ari, like the Vi is alting in, Brahma's already on him and, and putting his passive on him and stunning him. The Ari is coming in to follow up on the Vi alt. Well, guess what? Maokai already blocked the charm. You know, like this guy's coming from over there. Well, you know, like 369 is over there blocking him too, right? There's like all these things are happening simultaneously in every single fight. And then they can really show their individual skill to an amazing degree, but it's like, it's the whole unit. And that's the biggest difference between our teams and their teams. Our teams are not fulfilling their roles in the, in the 5v5 anywhere close to the level that these guys are or anywhere close to us consistently. And then also in like setting up for those five on fives, it does seem like our teams are dropping a lot more minion waves, which at the time, it isn't that much, you know? Yeah. But then it happens a bunch of times yeah. over the course of the game. And all of a sudden you're dealing with differences in power in addition to hands differences or execution or coordination differences yeah, in well, these team fights. Yeah. And I think that there's this sense of urgency that we've felt from Western teams playing against Eastern teams where it just feels like um, 
they feel like they have to make a play. Like they're under some time limit. And part of that mm-hmm. is better wave control coming in from LPL and LCK teams to the point where there are waves crashing. But it just always feels like if they feel like if they don't make a fight happen in 20 seconds, then they're never going to get the fight. Whereas we watched today, again, the BLG JDG series, they're sitting there, lines of scrimmage for like 40 seconds, just poking, waiting, fishing for an angle until the last possible second. And there are creeps disappearing, sure, but they're ultimately like ready to play there. And they will just wait. They will play so slow. They will poke. They will throw out non-committal abilities. And that's something that I just have not seen um, from an, you know, an LCS or an LEC team yet this tournament. And when I look ahead to G2, specifically, I'm really nervous because while I think that like Mickey's had some great games and Yike has had some great games and Broken Blade certainly showed up in a big way versus Mad, Caps isn't playing the best. I think the really the good news for them as a team right now is that uh, in terms of matchup for the remaining teams in the tournament, Yagao is also probably, you know, the of the top four teams or of the LCK LPL teams, he's probably the weakest mid laner, is the weakest mid laner, sure. right? And stylistically, Cass has mostly been wanting to play utility. Yagao most often, more often than not, wants to play utility. So if they're going to handshake on that, I mean, it kind of frees you up to worry about other parts of the map. I am nervous for Hansama and Mickey versus Elk. I was not convinced by Hansama's Aphelios whatsoever. Um, and I just think that like it is still a big uphill battle, but I do think that G2 have been blessed with a second chance by beating a regional representative um, to play against the weakest of the top of the perceived top four teams of the LCK LPL teams. And like if there is a shot, this is the shot for them to to have a big upset. And from what I've heard uh, behind the scenes, scrims aren't everything, but like G2 is not stomping scrims. I'm not like and I don't think anyone would try to tell, sell me a rumor that outrageous, but they're like going close to 50-50 against a lot of the big teams. And it's not just BLG anymore, although BLG is probably the most important reference because like everyone is finally here at the tournament. Um, so this is it. This is kind of the last shot for G2, even with Cap struggling to to really make that impact. I think Yike has been good. Mickey's been good. Hans Hama has been doing his job. And like I have just have to hope that that's enough. And for Broken Blade, it's like it's versus Ben. So... Good luck. Good luck. You know, I like the Casio versus Chasey. Chasey, I think, kind of griefed it a little bit, but I, you know. If- Love the Casio so far. Going to be hard to blind pick Casio versus Ben. Yeah. Uh, he's Especially since he knows it's coming now. Yeah, and this isn't a dig that- to Broken Blade because I think he's had a really solid tournament and his <laughs> ramp up over the course of domestic was, was big, especially given how much flack he got. But it's also at the same time, it's like, sorry, bro, everyone else drawed pretty okay in this mashup, but if anyone's going to suffer, it's it's you. That said... A lot of the top focus strategies that have come out from BLG have looked pretty lackluster in the, the greater scheme of the game. So I do want to wrap up the Cloud9 Gen G real quick though, because while we're for sure underdogs, you know, you always want to see that angle. And I think you just follow in T1's footsteps, as Korean advice as that sounds, you know. Just win. <laughs> the actual the actual places that they went though are where you're supposed to go in this meta. They had the Scion level one, completely take over bottom side jungle, get Guma as fed as possible. We've got Berserker. Berserker was T1 understudy. He came up through T1 under Guma as well. Do the same shit, okay? Our best performing players are Berserker and Blaver. Guess what? Get that jungle, level one invade, get some ganks down there. Just try and, and get a scenario where it's not Zven and Berserker you know, on their back foot in lane, which has happened a lot, yeah. and and they've been attacked a lot. I think we we need to put more effort than than ever to this bottom side of the map. Sacrifice other stuff. I don't care. You know, get those invades. Get him some turret plates early on, and and you know, let let Berserker do some work. So, 
just a just a call back there because I feel like I see your angle, and I don't want to I don't want to cut through your hopium here. So I'm not trying sneak to sneak it in. Oh, and not, move on to the next. No, thing. is that was all you wanted to do? <laughs> no, I can let it no, go. go ahead. No, but go I'm ahead. like that's in direct contradiction to what Isaac was talking about earlier, which is like it, it don't matter. Like it's just team play and team coordination. Like I like your angle. Get him some plates. That's great. See, How does he turn those plates into a nexus, Kobe? What's there's the middle ground? That's you, the part that's missing. See, but you don't. You get don't. Head, question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Profit. <laughs> you never. You never magically get things. Yeah, in life, absolutely. right, and it, it, it's like that. It's like it's like that thing where yes, some things are chance, and you can be lucky in in getting a win or something, or 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 be lucky and be lucky in, in getting anything in life. But you can also do things to stack the deck in your favor, yeah. increase your chances of being lucky. So guess what? If Berserker is richer during our team fight. Then we've got a better chance. Yeah, less lucky to win. Yeah, the yeah. He he has to recall with in, by fog of war close to the yeah yeah yeah. No, but I see your point. I mean, ultimately, that's all you can really hope for, right? Is go for the strategy that's going to give you the biggest lead, and then pray that on that's the day awesome. the level of coordination is is high enough that with the lead that you have built, it it will be enough yeah, to yeah. win a so fight. So we can get. I want to get lucky and be more rich first exactly. yeah, yeah. Like the daft yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah get lucky i'm gonna do my investments i'm gonna do my planning yeah. but i'm planning on winning the lottery you want to be, <laughs> born, you wanna be yeah. born rich yeah. or born yeah. lucky yeah. <laughs> same page um but yeah i mean at the end of the day i don't think any of us are going to predict cloud nine to win i want cloud nine to get a game i want cloud nine you know my, my biggest hope for this is that they can just play on the same page that they you know look like a cohesive team and i feel like they show a good representation of what they are in the lcs yeah. Um, and if that mean, means that they win, then I would be absolutely ecstatic. Uh, oh but I would God. also I would also be shocked. Yeah. But um, I mean, know, yeah, but I, I want them to get a win for sure. Yeah. And I feel that they're capable of doing that. Yeah. Um, but let's move fully to G2 because yeah. we've talked a lot yeah. about C9. Um, G2 obviously is going to be going up against BLG. And again, it's like, you know, everyone is saying, hey, we think that the LPL team is weaker than the two LCK teams. They already took a win off of Gen G. They almost were going to win game four. If if like the just the entrance to that Baron fight, Cap's like flying over the angle, didn't see Chovy was there, lost like 90% of his health entering the fight. Yeah. Then they get marked on the other side, they lose another person there, the fight all goes to crap. But it's like, yeah, Caps is not performing to the level that he has been in the past, but clearly like there, he's, he's serviceable. He's still doing well. Like, I don't think, doesn't feel like Caps has that magic aura about him at yeah. this tournament we talked that about he has that. in the past. Yeah. yeah, we were talking about this in the caster room, you know, and it's like, it's interesting because I was asking you guys because like all the LEC casters seem very negative on Caps right now and like how how he's performing. And I was like, is this, you know, do you think the community is like uh, down with that? And it seems like mostly you guys were thinking, yeah, the community is, is fairly like negative on Caps compared to where he used to be, right? Sure. That like, it doesn't feel like he has that magic aura because it did feel like for so many years when Caps goes international, he was one of those guys that you'd be watching Kind of like how I, I felt like when I was watching Ruler today, where it's like, oh, they're down in gold, but they still have caps and he could do some shit, right? Yeah, like he yeah, can make yeah. something happen. And I haven't felt that about him in this tournament, but it doesn't mean that he's a bad player and it doesn't mean that he, he like can't perform or, or still have those special moments. So, I mean, I, I do think G2 definitely can beat BLG. I think that's it's for sure possible. Again, I don't favor them, but like Yike was really good. We talked about Blabber. Yike was the standout member in G2 I mean, for me. Yike the pop like the reason that like and it's crazy because um we got very used to seeing Yike play carries and he yeah. did not exclusively play carries but carries was a lot of what he played and his g2 kind of wanted to show us what felt like more of their final form here in play-ins um at least from the outside perspective right like it was very clearly Yike on carries utility mid laners and then as we got further in now we're seeing more uh 
you know, knock carries. We're seeing poppies. We're seeing other junglers come in, and he's still having the same impact. He needs to build Sunderer, and then he's on just a carry. Just to build Sunderer, and he's back on a carry. As we yeah. saw from Licorice today, um, you know. And I'm just, I'm impressed. I just am again in the similar way that we talked about Pays and Elk. I think Yike is another triumphant story of, and it's not as it's you know, it's still a home crowd, people who are cheering for Yike, but still to go to an international competition, show that same level. Um, it's huge. It's huge. It's the biggest crowd that he's played in in his time in LEC, at least. Um, you know, and he's got some crowd experience courtesy of the ERLs, but like he's only played in the studio up till now. So I think it's it's fantastic again that he's shown that level of performance. And like, I don't want to put more pressure on his shoulders, but I do think that he has to be a massive factor for them if they're if they're going to win this game. And we and we did see his Kazix and his Belveth versus Mad Lions. And guess what? Story was goddamn broken blade. <laughs> Gas Gaziel via actual 1v9. That is the most 1v9 of any game that we have had at the entire tournament was Broken Blade Cassiopeia. He had to carry the rest of G2 and they end up just like all following yeah. him down a side lane. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll do the same thing. The thing <laughs> is- Go follow that snake because that's your ticket out of here. And he, he actually pulled it off. Yeah. As much as... I would love to be like, but what about Ruler today? Like, Ruler's team helped Ruler out in just about every instance. Yeah. Well, Broke that game, Broken Blade's team, the only yeah. thing they helped it's, is make sure that he could get the yeah, official 1v9 award. Yeah. <laughs> oh, game, my God. Broken Blade was not having it. But it's like, oh, my God. Dude, it, when, they, when they did that four-man push top, and they're like, Harker to the tier two top, where Broken Blade has yeah. all their kills, he's bought with, like, I think, yeah. no TP. He had, he had TP. I was, oh. I was watching. In the, in the replay, I guess it was just in the replay then, the thing was bugged. because on the, on probably, the It was probably Spectator bug. Yeah. He had just recalled to go answer the split push. Okay, okay. On the on the Spectator client, I remember showing that had no TP. I'm like, what are you doing here, guys? Like, we're hard committing top. All of your gold is bot lane. It's just like, ah. Yeah. They had TP, but they got Cassante'd so quick yeah. that at that point, Broken Blade's like, you guys are actually useless. I'm not going up there. You can all die again. <laughs> um, and, I, and I agree with it. But like, yeah, that that was the most 1v9 that we've seen at the whole tournament. And he was the possibly the most shit talks player of G2. You talk about everyone being down on caps. Yeah, but lot, I saw a lot of people were really down on Broken Blade before this too. I mean, LEC top laners in general yeah. feels like the One people were- is more like were, expectation versus reality. Yeah. Where Broken yeah, Blade yeah. is just more like negativity. Well, yeah. yeah. And I think that the big thing too is that like for Broken Blade, right? There were some games that were more difficult. He was playing more controversial picks. He was losing lanes to a lot of domestic top laners. And when he would lo- lose lane to Photon or Chasey, people were like, oh, well, Photon. Photon especially. Photon is sick. Uh, Vitalik top laner. Korean player. That's the context for most people. Uh, amazing, super team, <laughs> amazing super team, by the way. Blew up in their face. Chasey smashed him. Um, you know, lost to Adam too. And it was just like, at a certain point, people just stopped giving him the benefit of the doubt. But again, like across this tournament, he's been pretty consistently one of the strongest factors um while admittedly g2 never have should have been at a massive deficit against a lot of the competition made a cool story made (laughs) for uh you know a great darius comeback you know and the same thing here in this casio game when uh every time the team runs it down to the point where the only way they can save it is by broken blade popping off he has popped off so uh you know good on him yeah exactly you don't want to be this there you don't have to rely on that but um it to me, when G2 and everybody, you know, is living in this past of G2 and, then, and the oh, glory yeah, days, yeah. of course, everyone's always going to mention the flexibility, the champ selects that, that come at oh. you. Guess what? The Yasuo flavor pick had nothing to do with that win at all. Yeah, don't it talk was, me about It the was Yasuo. just the Castillo one, but they also threw some stuff in for Mickey. So it, it did get me kind of excited as far as the, you know, G2 
and the the mythos of, of the of this organization sure. and then bringing out the Jana in a really good Jana spot uh with with the kindred combination as well and and then Mickey played really well on it too so I I'm hoping for that type of excitement because even if they end up losing if it's a sick series where we get to see some different picks yeah then I, I feel like that's a dub as well. Yeah, I mean, w- one of my concerns for the Broken Blade angle against Ben is just that it's like, <laughs> he's got to play tanks, right? There's no shot you're going carry versus carry versus Ben and winning. I mean, the thing about and- Broken Blade, like, every time I say that, he does some shit. So, like, I'm I mean, with you. He's playing all carries, right? But I just don't think that is a winning recipe against Ben. I think he will. I'm inclined to agree, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you two try it anyway. Um, to be completely honest with you, um, we'll see where they want to position themselves in draft and if they fish for counter picks, if they leave open any like conventionally strong blind picks and try yeah. to go for counters. That's a lot of what BB's MO has been, has been either like really surprising with a pick that people don't anticipate uh, or just like really niche counter picks to very specific matchups. I mean, this guy does not have a very traditional champion pool and oftentimes his best games are when he's playing something like a Casio, the first Pantheon game he played domestically. If you want to go far back enough, some of the Yone games were sick. I mean, it's, it's yeah, he's a guy who will throw curveballs. I, I don't love it as the winning recipe, but I do think it is kind of the G2 recipe right now. And that's what I want to see from Western teams. Don't try and bend to do something that you're worse at because your opponent is so intimidating. Okay, it's been, yeah, great. He's probably going to light us up. Okay. I don't care. Your best strategy is is blind pick Cassiopeia or you know play these carries. Do be your strongest self yep. out there and give it a swing instead of kind of whimpering and being you know going tank yeah. and then you, crawling your way out. Right, you know go out go out fighting go out swinging with Here's, the strongest. If we're gonna have. win, it's gonna be like. Yagao keeps blind picking Ari, and we keep picking weird flex picks into it that give us you know winning matchup and map states it'll be things like nautilus it'll be things like Cassante. it'll be things like casio but you know whatever you can say what you want about caps he is still roman like his ass is on fire so (laughs) yeah i think that they're they're very active on the map like i think g2 overall um you know still a solid team i think they get a bit ahead of themselves and i also think they draft themselves into weird corners you know, as much as their draft does them favors, I think they put themselves in awkward positions too. Like, yeah. can we ban- can Nidalee be done? Can we can we stop now? Have we seen enough? Like, do we need to continue? I love um, Yike. Cloud9 just smashed Golden Guardians with Nidalee, so. <laughs> I, I actually, if we were talking about Nidalee a lot today. Yeah, just bring it, let's talk about the Nidalee, because I, I think, think it is Nidalee something we're all fired up about. It's so garbage. <laughs> like, the only, only, only drafts in which I'm okay with Nidalee is when they go full poke. I think Cloud9 one was okay. Mm. Um, I know that like some people are still really hating on that. You don't like the Renekton combos or you know stuff with stun setups to, to no, land Well, spears. no one's been doing that. Yeah. Every, everyone's been doing it with like Lissandra or Cassante, which I don't think is consistent enough. And if you're doing it with an AP, AP mid, they just rush Merc Treads. Literally every time it's been in that, it's Merc Treads first item and they're taking Tenacity uh, runes. Yeah, And it's like, Bro, like it's you're never gonna make this work, right? So they they get their big lead early, and then they can't convert it at all. Yeah. Every team is running multiple tanks, by the way. So your spears have to go through them, which is just not really gonna happen. And, and all the tanks have a, a lot of CC. So when you hit a spear, you can't jump in because you'll just die. So it's like, what if they did support style in Italy with actual support items, and they were running around 
healing the AD carry, buffing Didn't up the AD Ivern. carry. <laughs> <laughs> but but Ivern's early game uh, is yeah. not like yeah. Nilly's early game. Yeah, yeah. I know. But I it's... mean, is this like, are you really like junglers do stuff? <laughs> I mean, AD carry is the kind of jack I, right now. I'm just I'm spitballing here. I'm cooking all yeah. right. Some some support item Nilly, get those heals on like, the AD it's carry. Max rank, it's, like it's a 60%. Blood, yeah, no. Oh my gosh. Yeah, get get everything in there. Sixty percent attack speed steroid enough to enough to just bring it home for the team. Strong Moon, early moonstones, game. Moonstones, ardent sensors, staff yeah, of flowing yeah. water. That's what I think of when I see a Maokai on the enemy team. Is yeah, I'll outvalue him. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't worry. My sixty percent attack speed steroid will this yeah, five you, person. You, you throw your little spear and you're like, go ruler. Here's a heal. <laughs> Kill them all <laughs> like <laughs> usual. Nidalee is the cheerleader <laughs> champ. You can do too. it. <laughs> you're like, oh no, I gotta jump in front of you for a skill shot. <laughs> you can yeah. use the pounce to be. That's how you peel for it with Nidalee. You, 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 you go, get down, president! You leap in front. Yeah. You bounce in, in Don't front hit of me or we'll call PETA. I bounce in front of the Nautilus. Bye! It's perfect. It sounds good. Oh, I'm cooking. I'm sold. I'm sold. Okay, yeah, good. Nidalee's great. Yeah. Nidalee is great. Please, BLG, pick Nidalee. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, BLG, keep playing Nidalee. It was, great. It was actually BLG. so close. It wasn't the Nidalee that was yeah. the problem. Ruler was just a little too good. Please yeah. keep picking Nidalee, BLG. They That's, just got lucky, really. They really did just yeah, get lucky. They were just so lucky. I mean, yeah. and the worst part is, is like, Shun was hitting a lot of spears. It just didn't mean anything. Yeah. Like, the man hit a ton of spears in a lot of the early game to mid game fights, and it was like, I mean, P Peanut played it as well. We've seen multiple people play it, get massive yep. early leads, and it just didn't do anything, right? Like, the only, like, am I wrong? The only win is the Blabber one on Nidalee? I mean, you got the laptop. I'll, I'll, I'm going to yeah. Google it. Yeah. yeah, a little game of well, legendos. Google, I'm looking at, let's see. All right, race. Nidalee. Whoever wins. No, Nidalee has wins, but are they in play-ins? Let's see. So, okay, They're there so was fast. Cloud9 versus no GG. Yep, that's the only one in the main stage. <laughs> Dracos is so, pretending to look so shit up right now. He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I numbers. Fell, I fell so behind. Peanut, Peanut, <laughs> Peanut lost, Yike lost, Shun lost twice. Yeah, Blabber's the only main stage one. So it's it's one in four in main stage. It won a couple times. Um, I mean, Yike won twice with it uh, versus Loud. Come and on. that first game, it wasn't good either, for yeah. the record. That was the Darius game we brought up earlier. And then BLG beat uh, R7. Stop seeing any uh, support item builds on there. But it's look at its average CSD proof? at 15, it's Isaac. Yeah. It's always ahead. It is Isn't that ahead. make yeah. it good? Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, so I, I'm just dead. super nuts old on Nidalee. But it, another thing we've been talking about is kind of interesting to me. Is like the drafts are getting so greedy, like always just about everything for your bot lane. So like so much about enabling bot lane, greedier, greedier, and greedier picks. We're doing like we're doing Lulu Zeri when Zeri's been nerfed like 400 times and Channers are yeah. gotten nerfed and stuff. We're doing like all these tanks everywhere. I do wonder if we're going to hit that critical mass of like, oh, actually now it's time to play Caitlyn Lux, Jace, Nidalee, like full early game and just take every tower on the map instantly. Because it's like, I think back to uh, the Arden Sensor meta back that was horrible um but at worlds where yeah, it was like hot nines just did basically yep um just out exactly right? there's heimerdinger but yeah and it's it's like that that whole tournament everyone's like no you couldn't possibly pick caitlin you make one mistake game's over and it was i think lpl teams started in scrims and then cloud nine picked it up and then all of a sudden everyone on stage went from playing kogma janna lulu all full like game full scaling to every game was Caitlyn Jace and you lost every tower on the map and great you have better scaling but they're up 10k and you lose the game so it's like I wonder if there could be that that pivot mm -hmm. or that adjustment um, because getting a jump on the meta could be a way in for for like a G2 or Cloud9 um, but 
I mean, it, it's it's going to be interesting, like because my biggest concern for G two and the reason that I I just couldn't predict G two against them, like maybe they do really play better than they have, and then they could win. Sure, but they make a lot of mistakes, yeah. and they made a lot of mistakes against Mad. Even when they crushed yeah. Mad three zero, they made a lot of mistakes. And BLG have shown that if you make mistakes, they will absolutely crap on you in a team fight, and then the game will be over. Well, and I think what's scary is for for Western viewers is like what blg did to c9 so often as what jdg did to blg I and i i feel like that's the same position that g2 are going to be in because in in the context of the best teams in the world blg are scrappy and kind of sloppy but if you can't meet them at every turn yeah and mark every one of their abilities like we saw jdg do today uh you know like do does any western team win those team fights nope. i don't think so nope. you know what i mean and that's that's a terrifying prospect because you cannot replicate even if you have the hands, there's no way in the short turnaround you can replicate the level of coordination necessary to replicate those fights. And that makes it so hard because Ben, despite not liking the Fiora at all, Ben still managed to make it work in a few of those early to mid fights in ways that I did not expect or anticipate. And in ways that most certainly would have ended the game for a win uh, for BLG against, I think, any Western representative. And it's the odds are stacked. I'm, for me, prediction wise, I'm hoping for 3-2. I expect BLG to win, but I, I really think that G2 can put up some games and G2 through creativity um, and also the fact that BLG, again, are a team that can be punished. Yeah. I think that they can find the avenue, but as far as bringing it home goes, um, I think it's too far of a stretch at this point in the tournament. Again, is there another level lurking beneath what we've seen? There's always the possibility, but the same could be probably said for BLG. And so I'm not, don't feel comfortable predicting an EU representative. Don't think it's a really mm -hmm. authentic prediction. So yeah, yeah, I do think Hansama's gonna have to, He's to play way have the performance play. of a yeah. lifetime, you know, for him. Yeah, because because Elk Elk has really been styling. Um, yeah, and I and I don't think that like the series versus Mad redeems him, and I don't think that that like he's had like I think that he hasn't had a bad tournament, but most of the AD carries on the top teams are having great tournaments, and that's and, just what it is. And last time we saw him when he was in LEC and went international before he came TL, like he was actually styling internationally, yep. playing like playing Lucian, playing these picks, and, and really playing it to that that super super elite level. Yep. And like so, we know he can get there, but he has to, I think, for them to stand a chance because it's like Berserker. I think everyone can agree Berserker mechanically is very gifted, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. But even in the games where Cloud Nine got Berserker ahead in gold or equal in gold as Elk, his contributions were just nowhere close because of how well elk is playing and how well the team is enabling him right it's very very difficult even if you get in that winning position to have that same level of contribution so it really would take that full team effort and and i hope we do see it from from both cloud nine and g2 you know i want there to be that that interest i want there to be that excitement and that kind of like oh that that wonder of like can we do it and and kind of have that belief right because yeah. right now i feel like everyone's kind of lost that um i think you can come back real quick if you but have some good games though if i'm just saying Maximum copium, just so before anyone, I get, you know, yeah. rage. We'll see you in the finals. No, we can't. That's not the way the bracket's built. We'll see you in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> you said maximum copium. <laughs> the lower the, bracket finals. The time machine, the like convergence finals. is coming out, and you're like, I think time travel might be possible, actually, as long as we're finals. coping. I didn't say grand finals. Okay. I said the finals. Okay. We can't even think we can meet in lower finals, actually. Well, but whatever. if we both beat our respective opponents here we'll see you in the dumpster finals yes and then we can go move on to see who will lose to t1 or jdg but yeah. we could move on to face t1 or jdg we just first have to beat blg and, then Golden and guardians can face off against mad because who he said they shit on them so they have we have to see that best oh five my now God, i want it so bad yeah like okay big stretch here completely off topic yeah
But you know in the movie Zoolander where they have like the back alley walk off? Why did I go with that reference? I don't know. But that's what I want for Mad Lion. I don't want like like five laptops in a the worst in a, PC bong, in, the in, worst London. PC bong yeah. in London. It's dirty. Yeah. It's gritty. You can't bring your own There are people talking smack. You don't yeah. really have headphones on, so no. you can kind of hear comms, but not a lot. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. I mean, give me some tickets. The yeah. gritty showdown. Can we bet on this too? We can, <laughs> yeah, because it is, it's going to be underground. Yeah. yeah. I mean, We're not going to tell Riot. Yeah. Nobody tell Riot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 we demand sad. Satisfaction. Yeah. We need to know who is the most shit. Yeah. It's not enough to know that we're bad. We need to know who the worst exactly. is. Of the best teams in the world that got invited to MSI. Of the best teams in the world that got invited to MSI, yes. We're, we're inside the club, at least. Yeah, we're, we're inside the club. The club. <laughs> Who's the shittiest? We're not at the VIP the table. We're not at the VIP no. table. Yeah. Rulers popping bottles over there. And we don't yeah. want to talk about... Let's never talk about what would happen if they allowed more seats from some of the regions that are at the table. No, 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 no. no. We're at the table. We might be at the kids' table, you know, at Thanksgiving. But we still get to eat the same food. For the most part. For the so, anyways, we go an upper bracket now? or Upper bracket, baby. Um... This is this is a banger. I think that um, predictions first. Predictions first for T1 JDG. You want to start with predictions? Yeah. T1 JDG. I'm going JDG. I'm going JDG. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'm going T1 man. I'm going JDG. Uh, I, I think it's gonna be close. I mean, three two. I don't really care. It's about not the a numbers. real final. No, I don't care about the numbers either. Um, but I think you know, it's true. Um, <laughs> I, I slightly favor JDG. I just think that what they showed in their team fighting against BLG. I think was above almost any team fighting I've seen from from any team almost any ever. Like their team fighting was so good. Today. That was some of the best team fighting I've seen just, in the history of League of Legends, yeah. which is like a strong. And maybe it's just because other teams haven't had that clear of an opportunity to showcase what they're all about. But that was like any viewer with just like an average understanding of League of Legends could see yeah. how everything was so perfect how not a single ability went wasted and that's for the first time i've ever said something like that it doesn't feel like hyperbole which yeah. is like that was sick ruler is just playing godlike like this man is absolutely ruler. unbelievable and the team enables him so unbelievably Kanavi well blocking everything you know that you're talking about the ari charm knight on the syndra this is the only champion that can make syndra look like a decent champion in a meta full of tanks every single scatter of the week the damage numbers i mean yeah, and and again, it's like right now, maybe I'm overexcited just because I saw a series that yeah. so clearly showcased their strengths, whereas like T1 probably played should have. Played a better team. Yeah, played Gen a better G, team probably. in Gen.G and like, you know, maybe didn't close out as cleanly <clears throat> as you would have liked them to in, in, in the context of that series. But yeah. maybe I'm getting a bit starry-eyed because of the series, but yeah, was, I just... But it was I, so I good. So anyone who so says good. you're not supposed to get starry-eyed, screw you, go back and watch yeah. those team fights. That was a sick series. Yeah, and I know you, you guys are fresh off casting it too yeah oh yeah and i'm living in this high on i am We're never still. that was many hours ago but like <laughs> even thinking back on it gets but, me fired up but but i think blg is clearly the worst of the best four sure. teams worst of the best yeah yeah the top three is gen g t1 and jdg and i think any of those three teams yeah gen but g at the lowest JDG but did three of them right it's not yeah. it's not yeah they yeah. didn't like yeah they weren't struggling against them or anything yeah. um but yeah, I mean, and I don't think JD's uh, perfect by any means. I think they make some mistakes. I think they do some silly throws. BLG showed that they could get leads against them at times too. So like, yeah. they're not unassailable. But I do feel like this is the meta of AD carry. This is the meta of team fighting. And I think at the end of the day, the team that is going to win the whole tournament is going to be the team that plays around their AD best and team fights best. I just think I that's think the meta. I think T1 do really, really well. <clears throat> I think T1 do that really, really well. I think owner to me is, is having an exceptional... Mm -hmm. Um, 
season. Um, I, I really feel like T1, especially with a lot of the effort that they're putting into their level ones and their setup. Um, I, yeah, I, it's, it, it, this is, this is going to be such no, a yeah, sick yeah. To be series. Clear, yeah. I don't want to undercut JDG is the definition of super team, but T1 have failed in so many finals. Like, and this team sticking together, they have so much incredible talent building up. It's like, you almost get that feeling. It's like, holy moly. It's, it's a giant tidal wave that just keeps on building up and building up. And it, it has, it has to happen now. I, I do think that th there's just been a mental block for T1. I think everyone can kind of see that, right? It's clearly not their skill that has kept them from winning championships internationally. Yeah. Um, I do think that there is a bit of that mental block. There's a bit of the nerves and we see that even, even regionally. And, you know, a lot of LCK folks will talk about that as well. The kind of difference in performance between non-finals versus yeah, finals T1. I mean. Um, you know, this is not a finals, obviously, yep. um, but I, I, I do believe that like when they kind of like break that mental barrier, the floodgates could open and this could be like T1 of old where they just start stringing tournament after tournament after tournament after tournament together because they are clearly on that level and these guys have been staying together. Um, but I mean, Gumiushi and Kerry are clearly incredible. Owners playing amazing. Like Zayas at his best is incredible. I think Figure's playing a great facilitator, facilitating role. And I think um, Kerry, as long as he does not choke like finals, I think he clears missing yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. For I, sure. Think I think like that if you're biggest. judging the duos together, yeah, yeah. as exceptional as that series just was, where JDD is doing everything for Ruler, and yeah. it allows him as the sole carry to be flashing forward in so many of these, yeah. and he's just you know cleaning up everybody and killing everyone. Guma, Guma is the same animal, you know? Yeah, and I think there's a lot more that will be done to to limit what Knight can do, even if I still kind of favor Knight in the mid lane matchup. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think that, like, Yigao, again, is the weakest of the top four mid laners uh, in my <laughs> eyes. And I think that, similarly, I feel like T1 are showing us a little bit more in terms of creativity, in terms of, like, how they want to attack this meta, specifically with the Rumble pick. I'm, like, really curious to see how much more popular this will get. There's so many immobile carries. It mm -hmm. is so about AD carries. I think this champion is hugely impactful. And while there was an Orn today, I don't really feel like JDG... I don't know if they've not had to dig deep or if there's not a lot left for them in terms of like, they just feel like this is the way the medics would play it. I don't know how deep these perspective pools go. They have huge Jimmy pools. I mean, Knight uh, plays like 18 yeah, champions. I, and I know, but I, like, I, what, what are they actually everything. willing to play that's going to have that same team fighting impact, that same strength that we saw today, which is specifically why I'm giving them the edge over T1 because again, this similar vein, like Carry is a guy who will play anything he can to break open the meta. We see the... Again, the Rumble coming in, which is a pick I'm really, really excited about right now just because of how miserable it makes the game for Jinx and Ophelios. Speaking of champions being played, I have to just get this in there now because I talked about Alawi for a year. I saw Zeus in champions, or not a solo queue game, playing Alawi. <laughs> so <laughs> if, there, if there's tanks, which... Gonna oh, have, what? gonna have. If you're gonna JDG, if you're gonna As a JDG, viewer, you may not know about this, but Kobe is. I, I think I did it. I think I did it on E4. E4 yeah, so. but <laughs> JDG going for a year then. I guess. But yeah. but think about it. JDG is literally playing. You know, meatball I'm comps. Thinking. They're surrounding Ruler with all these meatball comps. Bunch of melee champions and yeah. three six nine blind picks tanks all the time. Hmm. Uh, just I, saying. I think, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's a big percentage chance. Yeah. Well, you got to refresh this story every year. I, I, I think Alawi is really good into dive comps. I think Alawi really struggles versus comps that kite back and comps that poke. But yeah. if if they're drafting like Vi, Ari, Scion, you know, like Maokai, 
plus one or whatever, you know, like some yeah. like that kind of that kind of stuff. I know I said two junglers, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like all all go in champs. I think Alawi is legitimately a good pick. Will people actually play it? I don't think they're going to so play it. Now uh, I'm going to comedically weaken my argument okay. and say that I also saw Chovy playing Alawi in, <laughs> in solo queue. It so probably means nothing. He was just having a good time. Split push the whole game well, to, until the game's like, over. <laughs> Poppy's here too, and you can kind of just punt her out. There's Cassante yeah. who can just like she tries to alt. Cassante's like, yeah, nah, just like knocks her out of the fight. I think he probably wins that one v one with Gargoyle Stone Plate too. Like, it, it's just that to me, the most fun is when you have a <laughs> you open with the most fun. Most fun is when you have some tentacles. The name is fun. Thank God we're <laughs> having <laughs> <for> the <laughs> most fun. Thank God. Oh, I'm glad everybody's having a good time. The most fun. Sorry, you can take The most fun is SKT versus Rocks Tigers. Yeah. You know, these picks are hidden Sorry, a whole, a whole yeah, tournament yeah, yeah, long. Yeah. Picks are hidden a whole tournament long. Then you are, you are delivered years. with the best gameplay between the best teams and you get crazy surprise picks that are real, that are not just comical, you know? Yeah, and I will say, I'm, you, I'm with you. you pointed it out earlier, talking about breaking what is a greedy scaling meta, yeah. and we can agree that it's all, at least at the very least, a very static meta. Like, what is good and what is, what is good has been established. You know what I mean? And in terms of like, what the premier options are, what what else is good is what remains to be seen. Like what else can get added to the mix? What else can show up? And I'm not super hyped about Alawi. I would be hyped to never see Cassante again, just because like <laughs> the champion is actually from a casting perspective sick as hell. But um, I think it's just disgusting. I think it does way too much. Really rather not see Cassante versus like a Scion. I think he's so much more interesting to watch. It's because he actually like has way more skill but expression. I just think he's too strong. Yeah. It, sure. Yeah. But he's. He's way more fun to watch, and I think he, it's like maybe maybe he's too strong and he needs to be nerfed or changed or whatever. Yeah. But like I way prefer the idea that like tanks in in pro play should be a Cassante than I do that tanks in pro play should be a Gragas or or a Scion. Like Gragas has has a skill expression, but like to me that's all about his passive, just kind of getting him through lane. But it's like yeah. okay, Scion is a better example or an Orin even right. Like mm -hmm. there are there are skills with these guys and there are skill expression, but like it's nowhere close to what I think. Um, like Asante can do. I, you don't like that? You don't like that? You don't think like that's that. skillful? That's a good sound. <laughs> you know, a little sound. You know, yeah. we want to see all this stuff. I we think were talking the about the Orm combo. The Orm one-shot combo. That no one can do. That. So I'm just saying there is more room for skill expression. It's just pros are bad. True. I do feel like Kasante is getting to the Zeri point where there was so much Zeri plays and Pentas that you're just like you're over it. numb to it at yeah. a certain point. And so then the next time, the 500th time I see a Cassante split pushing and reset dashes to have like seven dashes to escape for people or whatever, you know, people are like, oh! And then the next time they're like, oh. I just, yeah. Oh, okay, it happened again. I don't know. That. But I do agree. It's definitely an interesting champ. Yeah. And again, visually very exciting. You know what I mean? And very clear... Um, while I think that like it can be difficult to always understand for the average viewer like how strong he is, because all out is a visual indicator when you're in the game is very clear, but when you're watching a game, it's all just like, well, there's wind around him and there's a circle and like, I, is he all out or not? It's hard to tell in this moment because in one form, yeah, yeah, there you go. You know, that's like the little got thing. Half health, you know, got half go, half, <laughs> half his health in an instant. But it's just like he goes from doing zero damage to infinite damage, which can be a bit jarring. But I do like that he has like clear windows of strength. And then he goes from a character who can eat a million damage to a character who can do a million damage. Like yeah. I, there's, there's things I really like about his design. Essentially, I think he just him existing. I feel like 
limits a lot of the champions in the meta. Yo, where where is Garen? Garen got buffed. Garen was already getting spot usage around. Garen got some some decent buffs. Uh, maybe Garen is going to be one of the the picks that we see emerge. And Garen has the execute ult to try and answer. This, yeah, the Cassante, the second Cassante ult. The self chunking. Garen, Garen, I think can be can be a strong champion, but I think like when it's like ADC meta, it's like okay, I'm on to the next one. Then he said no. Okay, what about Kogma? Kogma also got buff. Kogma Lulu, anyone? Do you want to talk about the buffs that Kogma got? Because are you really thinking that his pass? <laughs> <is gonna be, laughs> you think the you think but that Kogma Lulu is, now. is actually good right no, now? No, I mean Kog yeah. is strong. Yeah. I, I think there's definitely other champions that should come in. I mean, I'm I'm kind of with you on allow. I don't think we're gonna see it. I also am, I'm kind of there on Mord. I think Mord can actually work really yep. well in this meta. I just want more Mord, Rumble. Mord, uh, yeah, people are playing Nautilus and yep. Cassante and all these tanks mid. Yep. Yeah. Mord, Mord can answer that really well. Mord also like against diving teams, you can just ult the Vi and stuff like that every single fight when they when they go in on your AD. You don't need to be trying to flash in on the enemy team. Um, and you can also do these like Rylas and a Jack Show builds where if the AD does step too far forward, you just ult him. And if it's a one threat team, your team just wins the 4v4. And it doesn't even matter if you lose this guy in the fight. Your team just wins and then he comes out to no team. So I do think there's a lot of champions that people could uh, you know kind of flex with. And I think that in these next couple best of fives, that's where we're really going to start seeing that stuff coming out. If people are going to be, you know, sitting where they were trying to hide it, like Kobe's yeah. talking about, you're not hiding anything really when it's when it's JDG versus T1. Like these are these are must win matches. Yeah. And it is dangerous to go down to the Gulag because because there's going to be Gen G down there. There's going to be, you know, BLG. Obviously, the Western teams could win, but like there's going to be yeah, some yeah. big threats down well, there that could knock you out, right? It's it's not a joke. It's not MSI where there's only two big teams. There's four big teams here. So like you do not want to lose that series. When a lot of the innovation is going to take place, um, you know, it has to take place very rapidly. Like we're turning, this is such a fast turnaround. Teams are going to scrim. Who they're going to scrim is going to be limited. They're going to pick one team, maybe that they could scrim. If you're if you're a T1 and a JDG and you have the luxury of waiting a few days till you play your match, you're going to, Scrim one, maybe two teams, uh, you know, or probably one team each you're going to pick because you just have to guess at this point to see who you're going to play against. And you have to like cook. And for, uh, you know, G2 and C9 at this stage, it's just you throw whatever you have left in the tank, whatever wild stuff worked for you in scrims out there because you don't actually have time to practice. Yeah. By the time this comes out, G2 will have had an off day, which they may have scrimmed through. Um, it would not surprise me. But like they are, everyone is pedal to the metal. There are no, there's no rest. So whatever adaptation people are figuring out, they're going to have to figure out on the fly. There's no like week break. I think it'd be actually could be a very different tournament with a week to figure other stuff out. Yeah. Scrim partners as well become harder to come by as teams start to get eliminated in these, in these international tournaments, it can become, you know, tougher and tougher. So it'll be interesting. Um, you know, on the T1 side of thing, I think that they have, have looked really, really good. Yep. Um, I do think that, like, I agree with you. They're looking incredibly strong, too. And I think it's a really hard to, one to predict either way. I just have been so blown away by JDG. But I think, like, my prediction as far as the bracket is going to go, I think we probably all are looking at this, like, Genji, T1, JDG are the big three, and those are yep. probably going to be our top three. And I think any combination of those teams in a best of five is going to be so fun to watch. Like, we yep. already saw T1, Genji, that went five. You can talk about how it should have been a 3-0. Probably should have been for T1. Yep. But I do think they clearly have that level. And I'm, I'm so excited to see the evolution of these teams with the double animation. So far, I think the, the format is, is a little bit of a flop just because, honestly, it shouldn't it sh regions should have been locked out from being on the same side. Because yeah. we would all yeah. be actually really hyped if this was instead it was like C9 versus Mad and G2 versus GG. Should we fight you at the kitty table or yeah, what? Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Um, but I that, think that's why they put us at the kitty table, actually, is so we could fight each other.
So if I had to guess. That would have been really exciting though, right? But unfortunately, we, we didn't get that. Um, but we are going to be getting into the part that like We're, is undeniably going to be really, really fun, way better. And we have a bunch of really good best of fives to look forward to, you know, coming up over this next week. Yeah. And while I hope for both of our Western representatives that they're not swept aside and that those get to be hype, even if, God forbid, those end up being very one-sided, you still have four more best of fives, each and every single one that are going to be incredibly good. Um, and right now, I think T1JDG is our, our final, is what I'm inclined to think. Yeah. Um, it feel, This is the last episode of Dive for Context, just because of how tight the schedule is. We won't have time to record another. We're in the thick of it now. Um, so I would love to come back and do another finals prediction because I want to see well, what T1 thick. can bring the table. Well, we're too we're too thick for it. <laughs> the thickest. What what are we doing? <laughs> what, where did I'm you take to, me? I'm just trying to. This is the yellow brick road. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and so because everything is just so thick right now, I guess. <laughs> I'm just gonna follow this. Wow. Just getting pied pipered my like wow you know <laughs> where am i going anyway i'm just gonna predict jdg to win the whole thing screw it i i believe in them right now um there will be new data to prove me a fool or prove but i, I don't have any of that data so just based on what we saw today i have that data i, I already you don't have that data you don't have that data you ain't got shit <laughs> yeah. anyway uh, except for thick damn you kobe damn you the um it's looking thick on uh, the thick bracket uh you know i just i right now jdg the way the team fight looks incredible and short of teams finding a way to break open this meta or change this meta dramatically with unique picks uh jdg have my vote as the tournament favorite how are you guys feeling I, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in the same same boat uh, guys you can't watch that series and not be excited about jdg yeah. they were good they they looked amazing I, and i do think you know t1 t and um and JDG, I think, are, are obviously the favorites right now. I do think Gen G, you know, if they can if they can step up, they they can definitely do it as well. I mean, we already saw them do it. I'm in sticking the with T1. Yeah, I'm sticking with T1. I think that's fair. You think? Uh, do you think T1 just upper bracket? Upper bracket is your expectation? Are they facing JDG or are they facing Gen G in the final? I'll give I'll give you JDG in the final. Mm-hmm. Why is it? Cause, it could, is it, it could, because of the sick team fighting? <laughs> or is it because of the It's because that ruler guy that used to be a Gen G player. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah, so. great. Uh, he's going to love that. JDG is an organ to love that. Attribute his accomplishments so to Gen G. Gen G making finals, or will Gen G too? Like, <laughs> yeah. The LCK wins no matter what. I will say it would feel criminal not to get a JDG versus Gen G best of five just for the ruler yeah. versus his we, old Honestly, team. we've seen the T1 versus Gen G enough. Oh, I agree. So yeah. I feel like that's true. Right. Actually, for the sake of the tournament, we should hope for T1 to give win. Give me, give me a couple but back. back I, do, I still believe in JDG. I yeah. can't. I can't help it. I believe, but I'm willing to flip flop. I'm willing to flip flop at a moment's notice because this is such a this. far away best of five. My, my allegiances can swap on. Oh my God, my region's dead. <laughs> What are you going to do? Yet. Hold me accountable, LCK? You don't even see me for six months of the year. You don't even year. watch my content. You don't even watch my... You're not even here. You don't even you know, know. what are you doing? This what is a EU thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, Morgan should have been here. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of Dive For you. We kick off the next round of MSI with G2 versus BLG. Tomorrow, the 16th. It's not tomorrow for us, but it's tomorrow it, for you for when you, this, comes, when this out. comes out. Yes. Yep. I was saying it. I was going to say the whole thing. Okay. I wrote it. I tried now to you've completely it. ruined the outro, Dracos. Oh, uh, we're going to be here at 1 p.m. London it, time. Fine. Reminder <laughs> that we start at noon on weekends as well. That's earlier than 1 p.m. So maybe it's not 1 p.m. there, but it'll be an hour earlier still. Last episode. <laughs> Goodbye. Fucking
clean. <laughs>